Welcome to Liminality. This is Ellie, your host, and today we're going to talk about confidence, rationality, and the ideas we create as a society of an idealized version of humanity. Liminality is about the space in between. It's about a process. It's about going from stage one to stage two. If you've been in the podcast long enough, you know that we talk about everything about the process of becoming who you are meant to be, about breaking the status quo and actually moving forward and taking action. Liminality in a psychological terminology means that space in between two stages. It's that space in the brain between the subliminal, which is the unconscious, and the preliminal, which is what we actually know. And I think it's super beautiful to see that that's life, that we're always going from one stage to the other, that we're always in a liminal stage if we actually choose to embrace it. And if we do, we will reach our highest potential and we will end up finding who we are. And in that process, we will find the highest meaning and actually enjoy life at its fullest. So today I want to talk about what I said before and it all comes down to this idea of how we can have constructs in our head, in our mind, of what an idealized version of a human is. This has been seen tangibly throughout the eras in so many different ways. Right now there has been the rise of self-help and self-development and even just this whole idealization of models and uh, role models, maybe people that do modeling for fashion or people that are models of life coaching. You see all of these different iterations of what it is to live at your highest self. But is this whole idealization and even just a God complex of what a human is meant to be. And what I find really interesting about this is that it comes out of someone's imagination. And it becomes this communal, this whole imagination, this shared ideation from society that we all come together and we agree in this consensus of this is, this is what it is to be the best human. This is how it looks like to be the ideal. It's called idealized because it's the ideal in the mind of the person who imagined it. And what I find really interesting is that we see throughout the centuries different versions of what it is to be the ideal human. And I really wanted to talk about rationality and the enlightenment because that's one huge era that we see that idealized version of humanity and that there's when humanism started to develop we can see traces of it throughout the years and decades and centuries but it's this concept of how when humans reach their highest level they're the most rational that rationality is the highest level of humanity and there's this whole celebration of intellectuals and education art beauty in in that enlightenment, in knowing all of these things. 
and it's a very curious and specific ideation of what a human is supposed to be. I see it from the outside and it calls my attention because I feel right now there would be another iteration of the Enlightenment. I feel the Enlightenment was the idealization of humanity as intellectuals, but it's just another iteration of how throughout the centuries we create these idealizations of humanity. We create these models, these stereotypes of how humans are supposed to be to be their best, to be appreciated by society or to be um, who they're supposed to be. And it comes down to this sense of morality in a very pagan way. In that way that's not sacred, but it is morality. It's a morality of the being, a morality of humans, a morality that we impose even if we don't believe anything religiously. It's very interesting to see that there's a lot of people that do not believe anything religiously or might be very strong and firm in their beliefs that they don't think that there's God and they don't believe that and that's um, their right to believe that. But it becomes the same thing that they, someone who doesn't believe in a God will still impose moral standards on people and society. So for instance, I can either adhere and take on moral standards from my own conscience, from intern inside of me. I can make my own standards. I can take them from my religion. I can take them from wherever I want, from my parents. But at the end of the day, we do the same thing in a very religious manner to everyone in society to fit into society, to create this ideal of what humans are meant to be. We create a morality around what humans are meant to reach, who we're meant to be. We create this whole image. And it makes sense because we are creative beings. Whether we refuse to accept it or not, every time we make a choice, we are creating a new world, a new reality, and our actions are bringing something into fruition, which is essentially creativity. So bringing this all together, because it looks like all of these tangled pieces of what are you trying to say? Like, tell me what you mean. And I brought all of these things up because I think in the same way that um, there's morality in a religious way, we create a moral standard for how we are meant to be as humans. A moral standard for a stereotyped, idealized version of a human. We do this through fashion and advertisements and everything that we show and we create through the media and everything that we portray, that everything that we elevate. Through all of that, we create an unspoken moral standard to be this idealized human. And some people in some kind of rebellious manner say, well, I don't care if you want me to be that way, I'm gonna be my own self, you know? And it becomes this own religion of humanity. It's as if humanism becomes a religion of celebrating humans, but in a very unhealthy manner, as if like only one type of human only that idealized version, only that specific version of humanity that's being elevated 
is the way to go and if you're not that then you don't fit in then you are not reaching those standards and you're just falling short and this just ends up in a cycle of condemnation shame guilt and even self-loathing that you don't think you're good enough that you don't think that you are who you're meant to be and you're constantly trying to be something that you're not so i really wanted to talk about this because i think if we're actually trying to live a life of liminality to move in life basically to become who you're supposed to become to go through the process of life and learn the things that you need to learn and get up and not be stuck in those ruts. We need to go back and analyze and see all of humanity and see that it's not just happening right now and it's not just happening to you. That if you don't fit into a certain stereotype that someone is imposing out there or that you see in social media, you shouldn't be weighed down by a certain kind of shame or even self-loathing. And of course that happens. It can happen. It doesn't happen to everyone. Some people have a really strong sense of confidence. But it's very easy to be swayed around by the waves of society and be affected by what other people think and by what is celebrated. It makes you question yourself. If you are actually being who you're supposed to be or if you're even good enough as a human being or if you even matter. All of this must be analyzed and we must talk about this we must bring this conversation to the table because it's not about just telling someone or telling myself no you're good enough like you're just different it doesn't mean that you're worse it doesn't mean that um you are not living up to your highest standard that is not enough we need to go down to the why and know what's going on and what things happened to create this So I really want to dig deep into all of these narratives and intricacies because I think that if we are meant to become who we're meant to become, if we're going to get there, we cannot just lean on unstable foundations. We need deep-rooted understanding of what's going on and knowledge and truth that we can actually hold on to. It's the same way, and I'm making all of this parallel with religion because I think you see all of these situations when someone is very religious, but uh, just because they're very traditional. They go to church again and again and again, or they do their rituals again and again and again. But then something happens in their lives that shakes them completely, and they were not deep-rooted actually in what they believed because they didn't really understand it, and there was nothing that was keeping them to believe that. It was just... A tradition. It wasn't because they actually understood it or because it became part of their identity and they had a deep-rooted knowledge. So then the moment that thing comes, they're just swayed away and it doesn't stand and uh, they lose all sense of identity because their identity had become this ritual. The identity was their tradition, not really their belief. So... It's just an interesting dynamic that I think the same thing happens with this. So, for instance, if I see the stereotype of nowadays, for example, you see in Vogue magazine or all of these social media platforms or these elevated pop culture platforms, 
anything that you can think of right now, the the celebrated it girl, the celebrated version of who you're meant to be by what is manufactured by social media. I could have envisioned this model that is super healthy, that uh, looks great and is also very skinny and has certain kind of clothes, that has a certain lifestyle and if I don't fit into that, I'm like I'm not that, then I could get really down on myself because I could think well that is the idealized version of humanity because that's what has been elevated and I'm not reaching that moral standard that or that standard by itself so then I'm just gonna my confidence is gonna go down and I'm just gonna start in this cycle of shame and guilt and not feeling good enough and feeling like I've basically failed myself or failed this religion of humanity and some people could say that is nonsense that doesn't happen but just think about it some people are definitely not affected by this they are very well rooted in what they think of themselves um and it's it's obvious like we are not meant to just be one stereotype we are all very different and that's the beauty of humanity that we are all different that we're all meant for a specific purpose and reason and that there's not one unique beauty there's not one unique a version of how a body should look like, how a soul or a heart should look like, but that when we see a human, we can see a different version of goodness shining in a different way. It's like if you see beauty all around you, it's never the same. Or when you taste food, it tastes different, but it can still taste good. And it's something that by just becoming this manufactured, globalized, fast-paced society that sometimes just becomes this very black and white society of this is right, this is wrong too, all of the media, the politics that are going on, just very briefly summarizing or just pointing out all of these different words that might bring something up in your head but it is very clear that we can tend to generalize things and just put things in boxes and put people in boxes and say oh you're a republican then you must um hate me if i get an abortion or you are a democrat then you must whatever thing you know and again i'm like i i have a lot to say about political parties and about political stances and I personally do not agree with like specific political stances but I think that at the same time we should never put anyone down or just see anyone different because of their political stance and the issue is that we do this with everything without even realizing of course stereotypes exist but a lot of times it's just in our heads too it comes down to this judgment and all the way back to this moral standard that has been created by the media. And I don't think it's only the media's fault, because I think the media is people. As in everything, when we talk about the church, the media, the anything big institution, big, big thing, um, it's always just made up of people. And um, there can be this whole other narrative of like, well, so it's the rich people that control this. But if there's a very intricate and well-woven tapestry of what 
these organizations look like. It's not just, and what they say, it's not just a one person controlling things. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen because that of course happens, but um, it's not just the responsibility of one person. But when we are easy to abdicate our responsibility and just pinpoint people and blame people, then we will think it's just one person because it's easier to have a scapegoat than actually find out the reasons behind things. It's easier to have a, a scapegoat when we do not want to face the reality that we're in and to see that we have probably also contributed to that. And also that sometimes there's things that are just different from us, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong. And sometimes also people make mistakes, but that doesn't mean that we're meant to go out there to shame people for the mistakes that they make. And I know that in cancel culture, everything that's going on, and even just the internet, it's easy to just be super on that cycle of blaming and shaming people because you can be anonymous and no one can tell you what to do or not to do. You can completely abdicate responsibility and just go off and no one will know and no one will care besides like all the people that are affected by it but at the same time it just becomes this noise that is invading everything so that just allows for all of these narratives that idealize uh, humanity or that create certain standards to rise above everything else because the rest is just noise but this is just a false sense of truth that makes us feel in control because we can say, oh, that's the way. And you read all of these headlines and articles of like, this is the best way to do this, or this is a so-and-so thing. Um, this is how the model so-and-so person does their things, whatever. This is how they do their hair. This is how they live their lives. You see all of these videos about day in my life or this is what I eat and we're trying to constantly strive to become something that someone else has imposed as that's the right thing and I'm talking a lot from personal experience too and I know this doesn't apply to everyone so if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself um I don't know where you're coming from like like people can do whatever they want but that doesn't affect me I think that's awesome and I think you've made it, you know? But I think there's also a lot of people that do struggle with this, even consciously or unconsciously. You need to realize that either you're the person controlling your life or something else is controlling you and you're a puppet to that. And so many times we don't realize it because we don't see it as clearly. It's not that we directly want that. It's not that we directly are trying to strive to become an idealized version of what humanity or someone else has imposed on us. Sometimes it's just looking at your choices and to the things that affect you. What affects you? Like if you're trying to be a people pleaser, you're not telling yourself I'm gonna be a people pleaser. It's just that at the end of the day when it comes to make some choices, and what affects you, you, it can very much be affected by people's opinions. So that is something to bring to the table. So we still haven't talked about the enlightenment that much, but I really wanted to go through that because that's the basis of what I'm talking about. That you can get down on yourself, and again, I'm talking about this because it's happened to me, and I'm actually going through that right now of just seeing someone and being like, wow, like they are the it girl. The whole thing of the it girl. 
and then getting down on yourself because you are not that. And that is just so wrong. That is just against societal development. It's against um, humanity. It's against anything that is good and is going to contribute to the development of society. If we're just creating one type of people, it's like if there were only women in the world, like there couldn't be any babies, you know? Even if you had all of the resources, you don't have everything, you know, you need another part of the system. Um, it's like, it's very obvious. You need certain things to create something. I cannot have... Um, a plant without a seed, you know, I cannot have a, a plant either without soil or anything fertile that's gonna create the environment for the seed. There is, I cannot have this without water either. You cannot just try to make everything one thing and then make everyone want to fit into that. It doesn't work like that. But, okay, <laughs> so that is my whole thought process behind that. Um, and also thinking that you are good enough and I know it doesn't seem that way a lot of times because sometimes there's only that one version that is celebrated, that one it girl but actually I was reading the other day an article about how the it girl might be a thing of the past because everyone is an it girl right now and it was this thing of like well in social media now everyone can be an it girl but it becomes the same thing. It becomes even worse. It's like all of these um, people like doing the same thing uh, on social media. And you're like, I can be that too. But it's continuously trying to strive to be something that you're not. And it becomes very unhealthy. So the enlightenment. We've talked about all of the patterns that have gone through society. The things that we see that this morality... I wanted to lay down that base of like that analogy of that human morality, the standards that society has set and those things that um, inform our narrative. But I wanted to give this example of history, of the enlightenment, of how this has been shown in other parts of the narrative of humanity so that we see that it's not only happening now, and that actually what was celebrated now, now it's not seen as the most elevated version of humanity. So the Enlightenment basically celebrated rationality. And I have this thing that I found online <laughs> that says um, that it basically was about the use and celebration of reason, the power by which humans understand the universe and improve their own condition. So it's... And it was also considered to be knowledge, freedom, and happiness. Like, that was the goal. And it's all a worldview that created revolutionary movements in art and philosophy and politics. And I see this same reflection here. So whatever you see as the standard right now, depending on where you come from or all of those things, they're always that elevated stereotype. You can always find it. Within that... It's all about the improvement of the, your own condition to reach that standard. And it's the same, it's the same thing here. In this situation, in the Enlightenment, they used reason to reach that. So when you acquired reason, and as much reason as you acquired, you would reach that elevated version of humanity. You would reach that improved condition. 
you would reach enlightenment. And now, whether you are this person that's like into Pilates and drinking your green juices and are super skinny and are doing all the right things, journaling in the morning, drinking your lemon juice and just going out in the weekends, having all your fashion and painting a little bit too. I love that ideal and this is just me giving a, several, a list of several things that are just very Instagram based and there might be a lot of different versions of this. There's a lot of what an it girl looks like right now. But you can see it, you can see the elevated version of like this is it and through that we create this illusion that through that we're gonna reach this enlightenment, this higher version of humanity. Then we will have confidence. Then we will have this sense of meaning and sense of identity. Then we will know who we are. Then we will be who we're meant to be. But that's always an illusion. It's based on someone else's imagination. And I think that when we end up coming back to our own imagination and we ask ourselves, hey, instead of asking other people what you're meant to be, why don't you ask yourself who you're meant to be? And from there, imagine the life that is most uniquely yours. Stop trying to fit into other people's imaginations and other ideals of how it looks to be human. And in the same way, we also see all of these revolutionary movements in art, philosophy, and politics. And this is seen differently nowadays. So we can see this, well, all of these magazines and these Instagram uh, accounts for these magazines or all of these influencers, it becomes all of this movement of philosophy, art, and politics. Uh, advocating for specific political things or philosophy although in this era can become more decentralized and just become a result of people's opinions and thoughts through their own platforms and also magazines and podcasts all of that it it's this whole thing celebration of ideas and thought and what it is analyzing the world and knowing how to see the world and then art celebrating human bodies and photography and all of these things and it's all a revolutionary movement that comes out of this place of this standard that has been set of like this is it so we're going to create all of these things around it and i think it's something that we need to debunk and i think it has already been a little dismantled and as i mentioned in the beginning of the episode there's people that are in this rebellion against these human standards of morality. And it's a very interesting dynamic because we can see religion depicted in every single aspect of our lives. Because at the end of the day, religion is a human construct too. So it's just the way we organize thoughts, we organize society, ideals, certain things, and we make them part of our day-to-day -day life to become rituals and markers of our lives. We make traditions religion. We make Christmas a religion. We make, although Christmas it is a religious event, but we make it, we turn it around, and even if we're not religious, we make it religious to us. We make our coffees in the morning religious. We make our 
routines religious. Everything that we end up making part of our lives to create an, an identity for ourselves, we make it a religion and it becomes our own religion. And a lot of times we just adhere ourselves to that religion imposed by human standards and just that idealized version that someone else imagined in their head. But what if you just tapped into your own heart, your own mind, and found out that there's something deeper inside of you calling you out to be something that no one else has been before? What if there was something else? What if there was someone trying to emerge out of your own being? What if it was you trying to break out of your cocoon and become a butterfly? As cliche as this sounds, what if there was something else inside of you that has still not emerged because you're repressing yourself from becoming who you're supposed to be? Because you're trying to adhere yourself to any standards imposed by anyone else. And I think so many people and so many of us have become this stagnant and just depleted version of ourselves. This neutral, minimalist, and not against minimalism because I love minimalism, but like this stripped off, no unique nothing no no identity version of ourselves because we're trying to fit into a mold that is not even real and if there's some people like that it's just like a version of humanity and it was never meant to be replicated it was never meant to be for everyone to be that we are all meant to be unique and the moment that we're shutting that down we're shutting down that voice that is supposed to speak into the future that is supposed to be the echo that creates the future that we long for And so many times we give this up without even realizing and we feel that we're not doing enough or being who we're supposed to be. And it's obvious because we're giving it up. We're giving ourselves up. And at the end of the day, what happens is that we don't know who we are. And we're lost and we're down on ourselves and we're trying and striving and striving, but there's no chance. And it's this whole dilemma of, am I ever going to be that? Why can't I be that? Why can't I reach that? But you were never meant to just reach it. You are already that. You just need to show up as yourself. Stop trying to show up as someone else every single time. Stop trying to put a facade around you to try to please someone else or fit into something or become something that you were never meant to be. And the moment you're hiding yourself away, the moment that you're trying to be someone else, you're keeping all of humanity and all of society from the development that's needed from the, the good, the wonder, even just the knowledge and so many different things that you as your own individual unique person can bring, but that you will only be able to bring as a collective, as part of society. And it's only when we all come together as our own unique versions of ourselves, as our own different versions of ourselves together. Until we don't do that, then we will not be a whole society, a whole humanity. And we're so obsessed with becoming our full version of ourselves, our whole version of ourselves, the best of the best of the best in everything that we do, trying to become something that we're not, 
and we end up losing the potential that we have as a society. We're so obsessed with ourselves and it, society has become so centered in this individualization and this egocentric narrative that we forget that you're not supposed to be good at everything because you will not be good at everything you're, you're just supposed to be the best of the best at what you're good at at who you are you're just supposed to show up as yourself and be you so that we can all play our parts and our roles in the whole of society in the whole of humanity but it's like we've just tried to do everything on our own and miss the point that there's no development, there's no future if we're not together. And there's no future if we're not ourselves. So why keep on trying to be someone else? Why keep on trying to please others when you will be your best self, when you're being yourself and when you will do the most good when you're the most yourself? But it comes down to asking yourself those questions. What are you trying to fit into? What is making you lose your self-esteem? What is making you lose your confidence? What things shake you internally? And what are, who are you trying to please? In the same way that in the enlightenment, all of these people were obsessed with these ideals. It just became about ideals. It just became about these things the, in, that we could do. But there was not... A lot of tangible change some things changed but barely anything if anything those ideals didn't come to being until centuries later until more the 20th century when these ideals were from the 17th century and the 18th century two centuries or more for these ideals to actually become something just a little bit tangible not even like fully tangible just a little bit tangible but is this whole thing of you can try to be something that you're not you can try to idealize a version of humanity of like yes this 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 but if you're just stuck in that ideal if you're just stuck in trying to be that you're never actually going to do anything you're never going to actually be who you're supposed to be because you will only become who you're supposed to be the person that actually changes things in the world when you're moving when you're in action when you're moving forward when you're in that process, when you're in the journey. But if you're just so stuck in that mindset, in that rut, that you're not that it girl, that you're not that person, that you're never going to be that, then you're never going to move because you're paralyzed. And then you're never going to become the person that you were meant to be. So get out of your rut, get out of your funk and discover who you are. But stop being so mesmerized and in awe and amazed by that idealized version that someone else has imagined and start discovering the awe in who you are, the awe and amazing uniqueness that you have that you're neglecting because you're not polishing yourself and because you're so focused on someone else's beauty when there's so much beauty inside of you waiting to emerge. Because sometimes you need that development. Sometimes there's things that no one's going to have ever seen before that lie inside of you that you need to bring out. But it takes for you to move. It takes action. Stop getting stuck in the, all of that idealization and start moving. And you will see that you're moving when things actually start changing. And it starts changes around you because you see that fruition. And then is when you're most attuned with the highest version of yourself. Because then is when you're the most creative. When you're making the most changes, the more, the more choices that 
bring society forward and create this momentum. The moment you choose to do things differently, the moment you choose to refuse to get stuck in that bitterness and in that lowness and lack of self-esteem, the moment you decide to not be stuck in that resentment against yourself or whoever you're blaming for being who you are or who you think you are, the moment you get out of there and you start making choices to move forward, you create momentum in society. And you start this whole process that elevates other people because the moment you elevate, you call other people higher. And whoever also wants to rise to the occasion will rise up. And it creates this synthesis with different people in society and different threats that create this movement, this revolutionary movement that propels everything forward. And everyone who is attuned to the same frequency will elevate and will move things in that environment and this will just create this earthquake in society like plate tectonics movement the moment you choose to detach from that plate tectonic it will create a full-on rift and it will shake the whole ground of, of the world of society and it just takes one choice it's just interesting to see how plate tectonics move because it's just like a little at a time. Like one, two millimeters, centimeters, inches, just a little, a little more. And they keep on going. And it's this consistency of keep on moving, keep on separating, keep on becoming who you're meant to be, keep on elevating from the mass of society, keep on separating yourself from the noise, keep on becoming who you were meant to be, even if that means taking a different route or a different journey or doing things differently. And the moment it separates fully, oof, it shakes everything up. So it just takes a little longer, a little longer, and trusting that you're in the right direction and that society and humans and humanity was never meant to be a manufactured project and it was never meant to be an idealized version out of an imagination of one person it was never meant to be a mission statement created by a handful of people it was meant to be uniquely personal yet collectively united to become the most beautiful collection of beauty and movement and life that creates even more life in the future so who are you going to be what are you going to choose for your life you choose if you want to stay down and think why am i not this or you choose to be different because you are if you are stop thinking oh why don't i belong and start belonging to the place you're in right now. And you might not know anyone else that's with you in that, that's like you, but you will rise up and those other people will rise up with you and you will meet at the same frequency and you will actually create world change. But just keep on trusting the process and don't give up because it's just, it takes one person, it takes one choice to change the whole course of humanity to create life, to move forward and to actually find out the truth because the truth will emerge whether we want it or not. And yes, I said this in the previous podcast, but I encourage you to remind this yourself and remember this. 
that if you try to hold on so tightly to your own truth or to your own bitterness and your own resentment and your why am I not this, then you will end up destroying the truth completely. You will end up missing the whole point. So don't miss the point. Release and surrender everything that bothers you, everything that keeps you up at night, all of those thoughts of why don't I belong? Because it's in that frustration that you will actually find your purpose. It's in that pain that you will actually find what you were meant to do and who you were meant to be. To heal others and to rise up to a new level of humanity defined by your own uniqueness. Okay, so let's keep on going and let's keep on in this process of liminality. And I'm so grateful that you joined me for the podcast today. This was an intense one, but I hope you have an amazing day and I can't wait to see you in the next podcast. Bye bye.